to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's a baseball podcast. I am your co-host, Jane Austen. With me, as always, is Lauren. And I'm Lauren. <laughs> That's Lauren and Stephen. You. And we have two guests with us today. It's a special occasion. The season's, the post, or the MLB season is pretty much over. So we got two great guests on with us today. Uh, first here, we got returning guest, Sports Illustrated's Emma Bachelieri. Hey, Emma. Hello. Welcome back. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. And then Fangraphs, Michael Bauman. Hey, Michael, how's it going? You said two great guests. You got Emma and then some other guy. Some other guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. You, you, you don't need to do yourself like that. Before we get into all the other stuff here, I, I got to just um, take the temperature on something. Uh, Steven, how are you doing? Or did you survive the you survived the night, obviously? Are you, you, are you, you doing all right? Um... I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> uh, good and bad. Okay. I I, I just I, I don't know how to act. I'm 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 basically <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm basically like like a like a feral animal. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to keep it just very generally. calm. I mean, I'm kind of always like that but i was gonna say now this sounds like, like exactly you've been like the whole regular season too <laughs> i have been pretty calm the regular season i think I, th- I think so actually much calmer than the previous couple years i've just <laughs> been beaten down so terribly by the like five september collapses in a row oh you like... were you were convinced it was gonna happen until uh you know like the eighth inning last night i'm sure correct yeah. Like as soon as, like as soon as the Brewers came back and won, I was like, "Yep, that's it." Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I've been actually like, I've been making plans all October as if this is not happening, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, I, I need to find someone to take my my tickets to the to the drive-in on Friday because I will not be going because I have a baseball game to watch. It was very funny how quickly you switched on a dime to like, it's red October. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm just riding the energy. I wasn't there for like early Phillies Twitter during, Uh during the heyday. Bauman can talk a lot about that. I, I, I was not present at that time. So now I'm just kind of, enjoying it now soaking it in uh there have been an alarming number of people when the phillies ended in an 11-year playoff drought um and there's been an alarming number of people talking about how they were in middle school yep never fun never feels good in 2011 yeah. Yeah. and i'm not yep. not enjoying that, that in any way hate that but <laughs> yeah um i don't i don't know jury's out we'll see you in a week let's give it a week you might not get a week. Yeah. The first half of that message to someone who doesn't have context, because you didn't talk about baseball or the Phillies until like halfway through. It was just like <laughs> kind of like a feral animal. I think okay, I can make plans again. <laughs> it was very bleak. It's my, fa- it's my favorite baseball team good or am I getting a divorce? Like, <laughs> is that not is that not just the Phillies fan experience, though? It is a very divorced team. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> the most divorced team in all of baseball. It's got to be like Phillies. them or the Royals. It's it's like Royals also Ooh, have Royal... very strong divorced energy. So or maybe they're, oh, yeah. maybe the Royals are annulment energy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, 
steer this conversation away from baseball, which I understand is just fine for this podcast. <laughs> that's that's all right. Yeah, there's well, strong, strong precedent for that. The last time the Flyers made the Stanley Cup final, they had a a very unlikely run. They made the playoffs on the last um, <clears throat> the last day of the regular season and um, just completely looked like a different team when the playoffs started. And it came out that the reason for this was that like seven different players on the 20 man roster were all going through divorces at the same time. Oh, no. what? They, like all their paperwork <laughs> like started clearing up when the playoffs rolled around and all of a sudden they were like, Hey, we're all happy again. Holy shit. And they went on this ridiculous run. So she got full custody. I don't even have to deal with the kids. Let's go. It's all hockey all the time. <laughs> Oh, here's the, that's the next big competitive advantage there is, is figuring out how to get a team of, of like relief pitchers who are just on the brink of total emotional yeah. collapse. We're playing divorce, End of guys. September, yeah. This is also the same day that uh, Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen have supposedly hired divorce lawyers. Oh, so no. it it seems like maybe this is the next uh, market inefficiency. What is that Absolutely, man yeah. doing? What is that man doing? <laughs> No, I'm, we we have several friends. If, if any MLB teams are listening, we have a number of friends who are really good at stalking players' Instagram uh, girlfriend Instagrams. That's like bring them into your analytics mm-hmm. organization early. I yeah. expect the Dodgers oh, and Rays are going to be on this first. Yeah, this is this is the new psycho saber metrics. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's going to be actively there. sabotaging marriages. <laughs> it's going to eventually turn into that. Like that's I mean, the, new, the, the new McKinsey Institute thing. Like it's going to be like sabotaging. Pinpoint sabotaging a marriage. I mean, just making sure the planes get in late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, honey, you're home early, and she's she's in bed with Jeff Lou now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm ready to sabotage some marriages. I I I, I can think of a few things I can do for that. Yeah, I mean, how many marriages is it is it worth to like like per, um, you know, level of the playoffs advanced? Like, how many marriages would you sabotage? Whose marriages? I think yeah. is the the question. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is it like a red button and you know, you yeah. Button yeah. And somewhere in the world, a marriage? <laughs> <laughs> you press this button and someone gets divorced in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just spamming it. Just yep, <laughs> until until yeah, until my team advances. Uh. <laughs> Okay, we can we can kind of talk about baseball, I guess. So the I mean the the regular season is all but over. Pretty much all the lines been drawn. It would be over um, if things hadn't happened earlier in the season. Yeah, that's true. It would have been it would have been done two days ago, actually. Why are we looking forward to these playoffs? Like compared to the last couple of years, because I don't know Philly being in that's cool. Toronto being in, mm-hmm. Seattle being in, that's great. Yeah, we we're like, we've lost the two longest playoff droughts um with yeah, Seattle and Philly. I yeah. know we talked about that on a previous episode, but um now now the longest playoff drought belongs to Mike Trout. That's such a good indicator for the sport. I love that. <laughs> uh, no, to uh answer your question, I think the thing I'm feeling most is uh I've, I've said it before. I said it before on here. I loved the electric live wire feeling of a one game wild card playoff. Like I know it's dumb. Like logically, the two out of three is like a lot more fair to everybody involved. But man, 
Uh, I always go back to the uh, Archie Bradley triple. Uh, we'll never see that again yeah. in 2017 for the D-backs yeah. against the Rockies. We'll never see anything like that again for multiple reasons. But um, yeah, I don't know if the two out of three series will have that same kind of energy. Hopefully yeah. they can maintain it. Last year, I actually went back, not knowing that it was going to go away, but I went back and and looked at every single wild card game and ranked them. And like 15 out of the 18 or however many there were, were like really good games. And a couple of them were, you know, the, uh, the A's Royals one where they decided oh, yeah. to run or the Royals decided to run on John Lackey. Um, not John Lackey, John Lester, the other, mm. other John. Know, angry yeah. Red Sox Cubs guy. <laughs> um, like that's one of the best MOB games I've ever seen. And I think it will, it will remain so for a long time. And I like, I agree with you that the, the one game playoff was stupid, but if we're going to have something stupid, like <laughs> that really delivered on the fun, I can accept stupid. If, if fun is, yeah. uh, is part of the equation. The, Absolutely. the desperation there really added some delicious seasoning to those games. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and the three that were bad were all twins games, so I don't really care. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was when you said 15 of the 18, I was like, okay, 2017 uh, twins Yankees. Uh <laughs> now the the one that I had in mind was the uh um the Cubs Rockies one in 2018 that went like oh, yeah. 13 innings. That was they, a they took yeah. who was that? Right. Uh they Joe Madden take Anthony Rizzo out of the lineup. It was either Rizzo or Bryant. He took out or he pinch ran for with Terrence Gore, and then Terrence Gore had to hit twice in high leverage situations, <laughs> which is more than Terrence Gore has hit in high leverage situations in his entire career. Um, love that guy, Terrence Gore, but not the guy you want coming up with the season on the line. No, he's for, for a two out of three format, one one game format. That's that's the no one wants to see that outcome. Uh, I just I just very strongly remember um, that brief, brief moment in time in which the Pittsburgh Pirates were relevant. That was a cool four um, months. Yeah. And that really fucking awesome <laughs> game um, where they they rattled Johnny Cueto. <laughs> they yeah. they actually found a way to do that ballpark justice, um, despite filling it with Pittsburghers. That was the and if memory serves, didn't a bunch of people try that with Cueto like for the next couple of years? It never really worked again. Like, yeah, I think fans uh, would just kind of take it on themselves to he, try. Yeah, like he's still underrated because of that. Like, yeah, people think that like he sucks or is unclutch when he's like one of the best pitchers of his generation. He just happened to balk during like one of the loudest moments in recent MLB history. Um, I hate that stadium. I can't. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This oh, is <laughs> Only time I've ever heard so that overrated. Ever. Like the the only thing that people like about that stadium is the view. And not true. That is what you always hear is like the view is spectacular. Yeah. So like the best thing about the ballpark is you can look at something that's not in the ballpark. And also that <laughs> thing is Pittsburgh. <laughs> I like <laughs> the giant. I like the giant black spiral ramp. I like the sandstone. Uh, like the sandy colored parts that are. And most and other ballparks are like concrete. I don't know. It feels nice. It's a nice the food park. is crap. The seats, <laughs> there's no shade. The you have to watch the pirates. Yeah, it's yeah, it's full of people from Pittsburgh. <laughs> the only the good food and drink in that ballpark are, <laughs> is from Philly. There's like they've got like Philly microbrews there. They've got like Rita's Water Ice. They got 
Yeah, no. Litter. So, Bauman, what is like your top stadium then if Pittsburgh doesn't make the cut? Jane, cover your ears. I I love Target Field. Like uh-huh. it's yeah, it rocks. Yeah, I do too. No, it's great. It's phenomenal. It's yeah. It's, yeah my it's top three. I haven't been. I've been all of them, but like my top three out of the ones I've been to are um, Target Field, Camden Yards, and Minute yep. Maid. Minute Maid. Nothing wrong with that. Slide. I love Minute. Yeah. Maid. It's so underrated. I think it is underrated, mm. but that to me makes it like it is perfectly good, and mm-hmm. I <laughs> it loses some points now that Torchy's Tacos is gone. I agree. They, they lost um, points with me when they uh, stopped being Enron Field or whatever. That's true, but there is <laughs> yeah. there is a, my favorite feature in the entire ballpark, again, now that the Torchies is gone, uh, is the Halliburton sign above the, the Crawford boxes oh, that you can hit with the home run. Like, you'll beautiful. see this maybe like a dozen times a year, somebody will hit, oh. hit the Halliburton sign. <laughs> And it makes this big satisfying Beautiful. dong noise because it's all it metal. makes it makes the uh, it makes the Dick Cheney just <laughs> noise. <laughs> Anytime you you do that, the player just got like, like a Kool Aid bucket of oil gets dumped over them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what's 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 your top three, Emma? Camden Yards, I think San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are a very solid top two, and then I feel like I have a bunch that could go. Uh, in the next tier. Like, I think that's where my gap is, top two and the rest. I will say my general hot take, not as hot as Bauman's actually PNC sucks take, but I think the trop is underrated. I oh agree. my God. I yeah. love... We've had that We've had that discussion on here. I love the trop. <laughs> I went there... I, I, I talked about this before, but I went there on a work trip. Uh, I specifically engineered a work trip to Tampa in order to go to the trop because I, (laughs) because for the weekend that I had to travel, I saw that the Rays were in town and I booked a hotel across the street because I was not going to pay my own goddamn money to (laughs) go to Florida and sleep in Florida. Like I, I paid for my ticket and that's it. I wanted to cross it off my list and Oh my God. Discount furniture warehouse vibes. Um, <laughs> your uh, your dentist, but your cool dentist uh, <laughs> vibes. Um, like it, it is just, it is the most weird, surreal experience mm-hmm. I've ever had at a sporting event. And we should keep some of that in baseball. Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah. Everything is so uniform like it's it's uniformly enforced quirkiness mm-hmm. and this is one of the reasons that that i like minute made so much is it's a it's a weird architectural design mm-hmm. but it's weird for the for the same reasons that like fenway park is weird or wrigley is weird it's because they had to fit a baseball stadium onto a lot that isn't shaped like a baseball stadium and now like even in, in Philly and, you know, I like Citizens Bank Park or PNC. They're all like mimicking. It's all so cultivated. Mm-hmm. And the trop is so organically bizarre and like shitty, but in a really fun, charming way. Like it's so Florida. Like I it's it reminds me of the Jersey Shore in a good way, whereas Wrigleyville, <laughs> Wrigleyville reminds me of the Jersey Shore in a bad yeah. way. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like it, 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 it speaks to how good Camden is. It's on both of y'all's lists. It'd be at the top of my list, too. No one else is going to build a new Camden. You can't capture the, the jewel box magic that it kind of still has. Anybody else who's tried to copy that so far, it's just come off as really fake and inauthentic and, and crummy by comparison. And like I love brick and exposed steel girders as much as the next guy, but it, yeah. but we don't need like twenty five ballparks to all look that way. It's you know one of the reasons I like Target Field too is it's sort of mid century modern in a way that's appropriate to mm-hmm. 
to the Midwest like that. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't need a bunch of Fenway clones. I, you know, I wish there were 13 or 14 more like fun, charming, unique stadiums like, like the trop, like, and, and to say mm-hmm. nothing of that's how the way that it is down there, because nobody wants to go because they have to bust their asses to market the team so much. Like they do all sorts of fun promotions and make it family friendly and make it like a good place to go and hang out the way like a lot of college and minor league stadiums do. And there's just no need or desire to do that in the other 29 or other 20, however many uh, uh, MLB markets. And like, it's just, I, I wish baseball was more like that, more like more lower rent, like more having to yeah. hustle, more carny atmosphere. And, uh, and I miss that in, in other places. I pet a sea creature in the sixth inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like is it is it a is it a luxurious beautiful park absolutely not under any circumstances but i'd rather go there than yankee stadium and it's interesting what you said about camden lauren and that i i think you're completely right like it feels like a classic example of executives seeing the success of something and taking the completely wrong lesson from it like what i feel like obviously camden set the model for that whole mini generation of ballparks that followed but the lesson should have been like oh like leaning into the natural architectural space you mm-hmm. have and what makes that neighborhood special and what you can do in whatever space you're given to make a park that like fits into that neighborhood and reflects what's going on around it and instead it was like oh they like exposed brick and something that looks like a throwback but isn't so now we'll just replicate that exactly but shittier mm-hmm. for you know the next 10 ballparks that mm-hmm. get built um yeah. because yeah like at camden is genuinely wonderful it's my favorite park still and uh i don't really care that much for any of the kind of camden clones that that followed like they're all fine but they're just fine yeah Yeah, they at best they come off as neutral yeah i think maybe the next big like c-suite trend after this if we can project forward a bit is nostalgia for like the trop or chase stadium or chase field (laughs) and we're just going to get a bunch of like really majestically built like incredible detail of the wainscoting like warehouse parks just with whole new kinds of like fake authenticity to go with that. I, the Oakland Stadium's not going to happen, but it is such a fucking weird design that is so different than everything we have right now. Like, I would love to see that. I would love to see that realized anywhere, just cause, like because it's th- that it's such a departure from everything else. Yeah, and it's kind of a huge bummer that the most recent new parks we have is. I mean, Texas is. I guess innovated oh, the, for the being, barn. Yeah. The, for being the disgusting. Home Depot yeah. Garden center. <laughs> yeah. It is a home Depot garden center. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> have, has have any of you been there? No, I actually, no. I have not been to a game there, but in February, 2020, uh, for a story for a MLB preview issue that was never published for sports illustrated because March, 2020 had yes. some, uh, some a big interruptions, a couple of big things going on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I, they were doing a tour of the stadium for like media and other people to see what it was going to look like. And it looked even more terrible at the time. Like it obviously wasn't close to being done. Um, And they supposedly were working on it right up until the delayed opening day, four months after it was supposed to open. So I guess the pandemic really benefited them in that sense. Um, It just, it was such a, 
bleak, weird building that looked even more depressing in its like half done state. Like there wasn't a field. Yeah, I remember a thing from that time where like Joey Gallo would show up and like take batting practice while it was like half built. Right. It for was, some press conference thing or something. It was it was so weird. Yeah. It it the whole thing it was a weird experiment experience even just as it was. And I mean it's like it's just in the middle of suburban nowhere. It's ugh. um so I did that in February 2020, and then I spent the next like four months thinking, like, "Oh my god, for how long is that going to be the last time I was in a baseball stadium? Oh, like no. just being led on this dismal tour of this half-finished field uh, by these like corporate execs who are really excited to talk about, you know, the environment they've created." Uh, so I still and I still haven't seen a game there, but I had that one very bad experience that I would have otherwise just like erased from my brain and kept going. But instead, I was ruminating on it from like. March 15th, 2020 until like July. And it's a shame because I really like the old ballpark. Like it was distinct and it looked sort of like mm-hmm. a bandstand. Like it really yeah. felt like the 4th of July. And I think it was like the right field kind of had that like shaded over mm-hmm. area that would look really yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Tiger Stadium style. Yeah. It was one of the more yeah. notable ballparks like from the TV. Like mm-hmm. if I just like yeah. caught a glance of like, oh, they're in Texas. <laughs> That said, it should be against the law to build an open air stadium in Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, as as someone who <laughs> fondly uh, remembers with uh, complicated memories of the Phoenix Firebirds before uh, they built the um, Bankland Ballpark, um, not not fun in July. <laughs> mm. God, I mean, at this point, it's irresponsible to build an open air ballpark anywhere. I mean, it will be soon. I remember when I lived in Houston, I was going to Minute Maid all the time. Um, I had we only had one car, my wife and I, when we lived down there. So I would usually take the bus and it was fine. But I I had to walk not that far, like maybe half a mile total. But I had shirts that I could wear when I was driving to the ballpark, but not when I was (laughs) taking the bus because they would show so much sweat and I wouldn't be able to dry out before I got to the the clubhouse. Everything I've heard about that city has um, made me not want to go there, which is bad for me because I want to hit every ballpark. You should, you should go there in. Well, if you want to hit the ballpark, it's like, I hated living there, but it's a fun place to like, it'll be a fun place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say hang out. What I mean by hang out is eat for about mm. four days. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. It's, it's, same, it's like same. the third best city in the country yeah. for food, like unquestionably. At least yeah, top three. Yeah, it's it's the best food city that, that certainly I've ever lived in. Maybe I've ever been to. Um, and so, yeah, definitely do that. And there's also like a cool drinking outside culture that uh that doesn't exist <laughs> you know that. up here so um i do miss the ice houses uh that were only livable like four months out of the year but you just gotta accept that you're gonna change your shirt every time you go outside that's just like part of the bargain so wild cards we talked about the we talked about the one game um how how do we feel about the three game series I think it'll still probably be really good. I, 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 I think whatever, like we lose in energy and tension, maybe it'll feel better to know that the better team is going to be slightly more likely to win. I don't know. And it's going to be longer. Yeah. Yeah. And going off of that, I'm really curious to see what this does for how teams arrange their pitching staffs, just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. then, I mean, 
not only are you then in the division series going up against a team that's rested in general, like you, if you end up in a situation where you're going up against an ace who's already had a you know decent layoff versus you have to make some tough decisions about how you're structuring this. I'm just curious to see how how it ends up with how they structure their rotation. And also, I mean, bullpen management, it's like you're potentially getting to make some interesting decisions about prioritizing use like much earlier in the playoffs than we normally see. So curious to see how that ends up unfolding. The lack of off days throughout the playoffs. I'm curious to like, that's the big thing. I part of, so I'm of two minds with the, the three game thing. Cause I think specifically this year, the fact that we could have the Mariners breaking their postseason drought and playing multiple games on the road, not getting back there for like, I want to see that on TV at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And but at the same time, the fact that it's three games all in one city, like I like that it incentivizes getting a higher seed within the wild yeah. card. They're like every spot up and down the chain matters. And th- like, that's all I want from, from like a baseball playoff structure is to incentivize getting that extra win, no matter where you are in the standings. And so mm-hmm. the fact that it's three games that are, they're all at, uh, all at one site, I think it makes a lot of logistical sense, but I also like, like the competitive incentives of, about that. Even if like, if we go, you know, if we don't have a, a game in Seattle at some point, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Absolutely. No, like, uh, 2019, I was, I, I, I went into the, the twins one playoff game at target field, like knowing it was not going to go well, but I was like, been waiting a long time for a playoff game here. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it did not go well, but like I still got to see playoff baseball at home, and I was really, I really liked that. I was really appreciative of that, and that would be really a huge bummer if Seattle never got the chance. That really would. I am so bummed that it's looking very likely that Seattle and uh, Toronto are going to match up mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I want Toronto to go far, and I want Seattle to go far, and and who gives a fuck about the Rays? So like the yeah. the Rays and the Guardians are in the other bracket. Like, can they both? Like, come on! I like I'm really yeah. hoping Seattle loses out so that they like they fall yeah. down a seed and have to play the Guardians, which is great for them because they're going to be an easier opponent. Like, that's you were saying about mm-hmm. like incentivizing the wins, but like. Seattle's kind of incentivized to lose. Uh, well, I, that's an odd situation because if we're talking about incentives, my incentive is to disband the AL Central until <laughs> yeah, I was and, like it's, replace really, it it's with, an un- with really it's unfair that somebody gets to play the AL Central. <laughs> like team. All, yeah. all season, I've I've been like, like it sucks that the Marlins and Diamondbacks aren't in the AL Central because like. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It would be a lot more yeah. fun than what's going on, right? And and like I like a lot of aspects of this Guardians team, but just like, man, just somebody get a fucking clue. What a depressing division. Uh, I do want to take the opposite stance on the Mariners, though, just for a brief moment and say uh, every single time like a, a hard luck loser fan base uh, actually turns it around and wins a little bit. Red Sox, Cubs, best examples. The fan mm-hmm. base becomes insufferable within three years. That's true. within Times. one year. Sometimes you start a podcast with members of that fan base. So. <laughs> That's right. And I, I, I know this. I know people from Seattle and the city of Seattle well enough to know that they will become very miserable indeed if they do turn a little bit of success into an obnoxious long-term attitude. What can I say about... Problem is I work for a Mariners fan now, so I can't, can't like <laughs> get that loose oh, about... Man- 
Meg would never be a bad fan. I would never, never slander Meg like that. Uh, well, yeah, not her. But well, what I was going to say is like, at least Mariners fans, like they can be obnoxious. They're so far away. How would you even <laughs> tell? Like, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. encounter Mariners fans like walking down the street. <laughs> it's true. Like I don't live in Vancouver. It wouldn't really be a problem. It's a shame. It, it is a shame that uh, Seattle isn't hosting for the Seattle Toronto game because of their history invading that ballpark. That would be very oh, funny. True. That would be really funny. Now, I mm-hmm. my personal policy is for is rooting for the Blue Jays to play as many home playoff games as possible. Like that's one of the best atmospheres in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. So I'm I'm not bummed that the Mariners are going on the road to Toronto, but like. I wish yeah. they could knock off Cleveland. And- I'm bummed that Justin Trudeau fucking took playoff players oh. to be shamed later. <laughs> away Ruined, from our what a- yeah. Ruined our yeah. segment. Ruined our segment. What an unclutch government. Like, yeah. and not only yeah. not only lifting the, the the travel restriction, but doing it right before the playoffs after he knew that you know that mm-hmm. you know that Bullshit. baseball was involved in that decision. Like I have to believe that. What a well, if that's true, what a podunk tin pot government, like absolute yeah. banana yeah. republic that can be yeah. bullied by a sports league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be very I mean, Canada, it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Coca Cola sending death squads around, but it's just like MLB is up there, like breaking legs and stuff. Yeah, oh my god, Canada rolling over for the United States. What is this women's soccer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually had to personally contemplate the idea of a, a deep Jays run just this week because I, um, I'm i starting out my coverage on the NL side. I start in St. Louis, but I will eventually hypothetically be covering the whole thing. And my passport is about to expire and I mm. need to renew it because oh. I'm making a trip in January and I got all the stuff together and I was going to mail it in and I had a last minute check of like, is there any way you could need your passport like in the next month before you mail this off? And I was like, oh! The Blue Jays, like the, if you drop this in the mail, you are guaranteeing a Toronto World Series and you have to go to your boss and say, I can't leave the country. And uh, and so I didn't mail it. I still have my soon to be expired, but not yet expired passport. Really, I almost uh, could have felt like I was holding fate in my just, hands there. Just imagine the headlines. Sports <laughs> Illustrated writer can't can't cross the border to cover the <laughs> We're not for the reason you think. We're finding some weird Canadian version of a coyote to sneak you across the border. (laughs) Sports Illustrated paying thousands of dollars. You owe them back, like for like you're paying them back for ten years. Yeah, listen, it's look coyote. (laughs) (laughs) I I will be in I will be in Toronto for the last week of October. Um, and if the Blue Jays are there. I might try to go. Oh, you totally yeah. should. If, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely should. If it's Jay's Phillies, are you going to get like one of those creepy split uniforms that everyone hates? Oh, no. I will be the most obnoxious American Philadelphia sports <laughs> fan of all God time. Right. Goddamn right. That's and then, yeah, you have, to get the, you have to get the worst like bicentennial Phillies gear and stuff, too, <laughs> with all the Liberty Bells and fucking American flags it, all over it. Like, it's funny. Like, with the burning effigy of Joe Carter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I listen, my entire baseball fandom... Uh, basically my entire baseball fandom has existed outside of the 
time that the Phillies have been relevant in the playoffs. So like every year I do a cute little thing where I make my silly little list. We're like, oh, let's rank all the playoff teams by how much I like them. Uh, and I do it every year and it's very fun. It's very like, okay, like, ooh, uh, do I put the, where do I put the Dodgers? Where do I put the whoever? Um, and this year it's like, oh, the Phillies are there. So this is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't need to yeah, do this I, anymore. <laughs> I'm relieved because I did find that sort of uncharacteristically ecumenical from you. Like, <laughs> you're one of those people who's more fun the meaner they get. And so like yes, the idea of, yes. of you building like bridges, most gay men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of you building bridges just never really sat right with me. It felt um, it felt affected like a, a modern Camden Yards ripoff ballpark. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm always on here, like being like, yeah, I think I'm rooting for St. Louis this season. It's just to rile up Steven so we get better podcasting. Listen, like, really, that's listen, what I'm doing. We're going to see a whole new animal come Friday. And uh, listen, next week. We're recording with Roth. I don't know where the Phillies will be at that point. I don't know where the Mets will be at that point. That might be a, that might be, I don't know how next week's going to go. He's not the, he may be he's getting not the Mets fan I'd want to banter with though. No, like, he's no. too nice. Yeah. He's too yeah, nice. Like, see, I'm not talking shit about the Mets to Roth is like kicking a puppy. Like I, <laughs> Not only that, but like kicking a puppy who knows on some level he deserves to be kicked. (laughs) Also, Stephen, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but have you even allowed yourself to contemplate the possibility of a Mets-Phillies and LCS? I I mean, I was contemplating a Mets-Phillies matchup because of the way that the seating was working like a a few weeks ago. I was just like, oh, you know, I'd rather go through the Braves than the Mets back then. And... No, I have not even contemplated the concept of the Phillies making the CS. I have thought about what if they have home games. That's as far as I've thought. Mm-hmm. Feels very <laughs> responsible. Just, you know, only letting yourself go so far. Um, that's going to be a great watch along if that happens. I was until I was until like uh, like 24 hours ago. I was ready to, to like dump this team forever. So like <laughs> it's so funny how fast that flipped. I was like, I was so rational. And then uh, when they got swept by the Cubs, I was like, oh, shit, they're going to do this again. <laughs> and then like it, it's the instant I when Nola gave up his the first hit last night and then he gave up the second hit, I was like, oh, no, like <laughs> he was giving up those hits at the precise moment that the Brewers won. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is how it this is how it goes, because <laughs> like over it, it's felt like over the past three or four years the Phillies kept inventing new ways to hurt us. And I mean, like it's really impressive because after a while, different ways that spinal tap drummers die after a while, (laughs) you like, you're like, okay, like I'm not going to get my hopes up because they're just going to do this again. But then they go further. They, they give you more hope than you had before. And you're like, Oh, maybe this is actually it. And they're like, ah, no, just kidding. So it's just like it literally did not feel like it was happening. Like when the when the Cubs swept the Phillies, my my stance on the matter was um, I will be relieved when they are eliminated. That was my that was my predominant thought was I will be relieved when they are eliminated. (laughs) And now I'm like I'm like clipping videos of. Uh, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper embracing in the clubhouse covered in champagne 
and beer. Yeah. So uh, no, I'm la- I'm laughing at you, but like I was honestly so relieved when the when the, the twins fell out of first place because it was not a fun first place team to watch for like most of the season, and I was just like, I can't handle uh, you know the 21st year in a row of them not winning a playoff game. Like, please, please, please end my misery. So yeah, yeah, I get that. Well, they wouldn't have matched up against the Yankees at least. Apparently, that yeah. that's what I thought when they matched up against the Astros, and it didn't matter. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of NL teams that aren't constantly on suicide watch, Emma, you looking forward to St. Louis? <laughs> great, great segue there. Um, I actually yeah, have never been. Uh, so, no, I'm, they yeah, cut their, they cut their pizza funny. Is what I hear. I've heard that, yeah. and the the uh, toasted ravioli mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, excited to see a new ballpark. Um, Hell yeah. That's excited to see pool holes in person one last time that I actually am genuinely excited for that. Have you seen him in a Cardinals? All. Have you seen him play in a Cardinals uniform before? Cause I bet it does feel different from seeing him in an Angels uniform. Yeah, you're right. I, gosh, I, I haven't seen him this year and I'm trying to think if I would have ever seen him. I don't, you're right. I guess this is the first time I will have seen him in person in a Cardinals uniform. Mm-hmm. So I, should be very grateful for this assignment then. It's a nice way to tie a little bow on it. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to start calling him Punish Pujols just to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that should be super exciting. That's the series I think I am currently most looking forward to just because the Cardinals are super fun in a weird kind of boomer bust way this year. They're totally. fun in a way that like, I mean, I imagine this is a group of people who are not naturally inclined to like the Cardinals very much no. at all. Um, <laughs> perhaps, maybe. Yeah, it's. it took me a while to warm up to them just because I am naturally predisposed not to like them and then to just embrace them and like, oh no, this mm-hmm. is a genuinely fun team. And then even in the, like, I don't know, maybe I'm like getting softer as I get older, but like something about seeing like Wainwright and Molina still out there doing it has just been really like, genuinely lovely and um i also just this also makes me feel like a crotchety old man how much i genuinely enjoy watching wainwright pitch mm-hmm. i'm just like oh yeah like mm-hmm. i can see like guys you know throwing 99 with movement and striking out guys all over the place with any other game i turn on like no th- i want to watch you and your curveball just <clears throat> gritting it out through seven innings and doing perfectly fine with nothing sexy or inspiring. Like, this is what I want. I love this. You are absolutely <laughs> right. That take makes you sound like you're 110 years old. I know. <laughs> I want to see 89 with movement. Yeah. 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 Great. Get in the time I, machine. I, like, I lived through the 90s. It wasn't that good. Yeah. I started liking the St. Louis Cardinals um, when I found out that they have many patriots on their teams who wouldn't bow to Canada's uh, uh, Marxists. Yeah, I was going to say the one downside if they make it all the way is that it will kind of conclusively disprove that the pandemic ever happened, which would be a real, real bummer. <laughs> I did to find out I did, that vaccines were fake. That would be really rough. Yeah, I did yeah. finally uh, think of a reason to get excited about this series. It's going to be the reunion of probably my favorite baseball photograph of all time. Uh, so in the 20, uh, what year was it? 2014, um, super regional Stanford played Indiana and Tommy Edmond hit a walk-off home run off of now Yankees reliever, Scott Efros. And to set, and this like Indiana was like a top four team. They were expected to go all the way. Uh, and there's this great picture of 
Kyle Schwarber, who was Indiana's catcher at the time, standing in front of home plate, like looking like the world had just ended while the entire Stanford team celebrates behind him and like slightly out of focus. So I'm maybe we can reverse that, get Let's Kyle Schwarber that, celebrating please. in front of uh in front of Tommy Edmonds. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I figured out a way to get Big Ten baseball on this podcast. So I oh, we're, we're gonna have you back later to help us get through the off season about that. We need to utilize your your freakish um, college baseball brain. (laughs) Um, Speaking Uh, of the Patriots on the St. Louis Cardinals, do we do we want do we want to do the player to be shamed later? Oh, the final the last instance. Yeah, because well, because one one guy snuck in too for the the final one. Yeah, right under the wire. Really is a bummer, uh, really an indictment of how much work we put into this that we never got uh, theme music for this segment. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Re- we really should have. That was that was a huge oversight. Well, uh, I still want you to I still want you to edit in bells after each name. OK, um, all right. All right. I can do that. But uh, before we get to the individual names, I want to I want to do a top three and a bottom three teams. Um, OK. Uh, top three teams. Uh, the New York Yankees, the Texas Rangers, and the Houston Astros are the only three to not have a single player. You mean bottom three teams? Top, bottom, whatever. <laughs> um, the Yankees, Rangers, and I'm, Astros. I'm, I'm doing a running gag on this that I'm an anti-vaxxer now. <laughs> uh, are the only teams to visit Toronto with their full rosters every time they went. Uh, special credit Incredible. to the Yankees because they're the only one of the three that went multiple times. A uh, special special note to the Orioles, who had two players had to leave two players behind on their first trip, uh, but every subsequent trip they went with their full roster. Uh, I Amazing. I did organize I, I did calculate each player's season WAR, uh, and I added them together. So the in order of the top three in order of most WAR left out of Toronto. Uh, we have the Kansas City Royals at uh, 12.1 who who left 10 players back they in America. Leave, they leave, did they have 12 war throughout their entire roster? I was about to say, like, that is... Did they leave half the 2021 team home, too? Like, I, I think Arenado and Goldschmidt alone outweigh that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, in second place are the Philadelphia Phillies who left four players at home uh, but they 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 left thirteen point three war, uh, and uh, in clocking in number one with missing three three players, the St. Louis Cardinals left fifteen war on the table. <laughs> Those are your um, two NL MVP winners right there. Yep. So okay, uh, we have we have a list. We're gonna. I'm gonna record myself doing this later. This is this is too many fucking names. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can do that. I'll <laughs> I'll put it in. Yeah. Welcome everybody to the final entry to this segment. Here are your 2022 players to be shamed now. Athletics catcher Austin Allen, Reds outfielder Albert Almora Jr. Cardinals third baseman Nolan Arenado, Royals outfielder Andrew Benintendi, Phillies third baseman Alec Bohm, 
White Sox starter Dylan Cease. Tigers reliever Andrew Chafin. Royals reliever Dylan Coleman. Royals starter Hunter Dozier. Reds third baseman Brandon Drury. Royals catcher Cam Gallagher. Phillies starter Kyle Gibson. Cardinals first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. White Sox reliever Kendall Graveman. Royals outfielder Kyle Isbell. White Sox reliever James Karinchek. Royals starter Brad Keller. Twins outfielder Max Kepler. Reds reliever Joel Kunell. Angels reliever Aaron Loop. Reds starter Tyler Malley. Twins reliever Trevor McGill. Royals designated hitter MJ Melendez. Phillies starter Aaron Nola. Red Sox reliever Caleb Ort. Twins reliever Emilio Pagan. Athletics reliever AJ Puck. Mariners starter Robbie Ray. Phillies catcher JT Realmuto. Cardinals catcher Austin Romine. Cubs starter Adrian Sampson. Royals starter Brady Singer. Athletics reliever Kirby Sneed. Mariners reliever Drew Steckenrider. Cubs starter Justin Steele. Royals outfielder Michael A. Taylor. Angels reliever Ryan Tapera. Twins reliever Caleb Thielbar. Rays reliever Ryan Thompson. Angels outfielder Taylor Ward. The following players deserve extra shame as they have missed multiple trips to Canada. Red Sox reliever Tanner Houck. Rays reliever Brooks Rayleigh. The following players are considered redeemed as they have made the list once but were able to enter Canada on a subsequent trip. Red Sox outfielder Jaron Duran. Royals slash Blue Jays outfielder Whit Merrifield. Orioles outfielder Anthony Santander. Orioles reliever Keegan Aiken. Red Sox reliever Cutter Crawford. Um, cool. Well, uh, do we want to round out the show here with some Gaber goop? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. All right. Emma. Yeah. I went back and listened to the last one, uh, to that segment specifically. It was cause it was one that I was not there. Our for. favorite and only um, guest segment. Recurring <laughs> guest segment. Yeah. Um, so for those not familiar, uh, Emma is going to read two or you know you're gonna read a uh like a, a sh- like a short like blog post or like a, a like a caption of some sort and we have to guess if it's from gabe kapler's blog or if it's from gwyneth paltrow's goop yes which i would like to think of this as a in this specific instance as an homage to all of the shitty phillies years you experienced to get to this point Stephen, including mm-hmm. the specific era this is our way of just you know moving on from that whole phase wow. and Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow has Healing. a lot to say about the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. 
Okay. So uh, another disclaimer is that I don't remember the ones I used last time. So uh, if for some reason someone just listened to that episode, uh, no, you didn't. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Do we want to go one at a time? <laughs> yeah. The, who knows what happened like last week, let alone last year. Um, do we want to go one at a time or? I think last time what you did is you just read them out and then like Stephen and Lauren both answered just like, you know, guessed and then you said who was right. Okay. All right. Let's jump in. So we can do a similar thing. All right. Starting now. Quote, I just discovered tamarind paste. If you buy the hype, I'm now stronger than I was 15 minutes ago. I think that's Gabe. Yeah. I think, I think that's goop. I'm going with Gabe. I think that's more of like a, um, I think tamarind is like a very like baseball athlete and a very like athlete food to embrace. I think I, I think that the the stronger uh, uh, word use is is an intentional mislead. Mm. Oh, <laughs> it's Gabe. Ah, I, I, yeah. That was see. See, I was trying to set I it up with an easy one, but Stephen, yeah. you were thinking you were trying to play forty <laughs> chess here. Yeah. yeah, I see. I like. I didn't think it was like the stronger thing that gave it away. I thought it was the like kind of trying to be funny thing that that Gabe does love to do. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, All cool. Right. Well, there we go. Points for us. It is that time of year, folks. I need to lose a few pounds of holiday excess. Anyone else? I like to do fasts and detoxes a couple times during the year, the most hardcore one being the master cleanse I did last spring. It was not what you would characterize as pretty or easy. Scoop. That's scoop. I'm, I'm Kapler's going- never fasted in his life. <laughs> I'm I'm going Gabe though because I think Goop is going to be too uh, tuned in to like actually say the word anything about like weight loss uh, in 2022. Okay, I'll go Gabe also because I'm just going to stick to my um, subverting expectations and hopefully eventually I'll be correct. Red October, I'm red herring, go. more like. <laughs> <laughs> this was Goop. Ah, I. Yeah. I actually would believe though that Kapler has fasted. I for me the yeah, one totally. dietary the man spits out ice cream is the ice cream exactly. Now, yeah, he exactly. wouldn't call it fasting; he'd call it cutting weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair and enough. The, by the way, the fact that he licks and spits out ice cream doesn't mean that he's not eating. He's just eating like some chalky brown homogenate that gives him a ton of uh, protein without like any unsaturated fats or whatever the you know whatever people do to add muscle i wouldn't know it's still the the psychological place you have to be in for the licking and spitting out ice cream is like an eating disorder that to me says nothing is off well yeah 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 it's dark it's like pro anna shit it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) replace everything processed in your home with foods from the earth no packages no preservatives you'll feel and look healthier and i won't have to organize an intervention on your behalf goop 100 goop Goop. yeah goop Goop. gabe that's gabe god no It's the trying to be funny. It's the trying to be funny. Gwyneth Paltrow has never been funny in her life. I thought I was going to bat a thousand here. I'm so pissed. Uh, I'm, uh-huh. I am, I am, oh for three. Let's fucking go, baby. <laughs> uh, up and up until that last part about it, then I wanted to, yeah, like that. I was, I was like, this could really go either way. Like it's that was a very much like both of them would do that, but it was that little bit at the end there. That gave okay. Away. Okay. Maybe two more. Let's go. Sounds great. Don't have much time to to climb the leaderboard here, so buckle in. Quote, even if you can't travel, the most important variable in the health and work equation is commitment. 
emphasize halting your routine and smelling the roses. Genuinely appreciate the tangible and intangible beauty all around us as part of our processes. Goop. Goop. Gabe. Goop. If 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 Goop can't be funny, then Gabe can't recognize beauty. <laughs> Yo! This is Gabe. Oh, Hell yeah, wow. I got one. <laughs> wow. All right. The all way right, beauty right. was used there wasn't it wasn't being what applied to a person. It was being applied to an experience. And I think that's very Gabe. <laughs> He's fucking filming a, a plastic bag in the wind. Like, <laughs> God. No, like, actually. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. Oh, can't believe I missed that one. Okay. Um... I'm so shaken. I'm just reeling right now. Yeah. Everything we thought we knew about ourselves is shattered. Okay. I've discovered something of a trick, and I think I'll be doing it for the rest of my days. Adaptogens. Herbs and botanicals from ginseng to certain mushrooms. Adaptogens are said to help the body deal with both mental and physical stress, and they're seriously worth investigating. The rest of my days? (laughs) At this point, I feel like I've been underestimating Gabe, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say Gabe. I, I think it's goop. I think, I it's, think goop. it's goop. The rest of my days is throwing me because, like, that phrasing is from like a contemporary Christian song from the 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say goop. It's goop. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Two for five. One for five. Three for five. Four for five. It's better than five hundred. See, I feel like what I did was kind of lulled you all into a false sense of security by going with the more obvious ones. And then you it really gets ambiguous fast. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they, the, the difficulty curve really fucking went up. We got in our own heads. You're the puppet master. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's really, though, I cannot emphasize enough how much everyone should go check out Gabe Kapler's blog, Cap Lifestyle. It's a shame he's no longer really active on it. Um a lot of great stuff. Just incredible. Maybe he'll put um, some new blog posts up in the off season. We can hope. Uh, thank you so much for, for doing that segment again. I was really um, I was really bummed out when I couldn't be there for the last time that you were on the show and did that. When I was editing it after, I was like, fuck, this is so good. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm glad I not only got to be here, but got to be the new uh, reigning Gaber Goop champion. <laughs> Who won last time since you just listened? I, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Cool. I was I wasn't involved, and um, I'm a narcissist. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, okay, that was that was a ton of fun. Um, Emma and Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. If you're yeah, if you're listening to this and you're not signed up for the Patreon, go sign up for that because it's going to be a really really good month for uh, for our Patreon subscribers. We're going to be doing watch along parties like at every level of the playoffs, uh, starting with one this Saturday night. Um, we don't know exactly what game it's going to be because we're still waiting for that to be finalized or what time it's going to be at. But you can count on that Saturday night we're going to do one. Um, and then the day Lord after, help me if it's the Phillies game. God, oh God, I want to be the Phillies game so bad. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> And uh, then tomorrow, the day after this episode comes out, we'll have our bonus episode with the Blocked Party Boys. We're going to talk about hockey with them. So uh, keep an eye out for them. Got a lot of good bonus episodes coming up this month. Got a lot of watch alongs coming up. So go sign up, patreon.com slash batting around. Thanks. Bye.